Margaret Visser is an award-winning author and essayist. Her previous five books, all bestsellers, have met with international acclaim. Much Depends on Dinner won the Glenn Finnick Prize for Food Book of the Year and was named one of the best books of the year by Publishers Weekly in the New York Times Book Review. The Ritual of Dinner won the IACP Literary Food Writing Award and the Jane Grigson Award and was named a New York Times Notable Book of the Year. She's a professor of the classics, was a professor at York University for 18 years, and now devotes her time to research and writing. She lives in Toronto, Paris, in the south of France. Welcome to the Bibliophile. We're very pleased to be here. We're talking about your latest work, The Gift of Thanks. I'd like to start our discussion off by asking how this book will change the lives of those who read it? Well, I have always been interested in modernity, and I wrote a, my first book that I wrote was about food. And I couldn't find a publisher at first, because they said there's no such thing as a book without rec- about food with no recipes. And I wrote a book about food without recipes, and I finally found a publisher, and then people were interested in food as a subject. The point is that I wasn't really writing about food only. I was writing about us, about human nature, about about modernity specifically. Who are we? Where do we come from? This book here, people want want it to be a self-help book. It's not. It's a book about what gratitude is, what it does, what its place is in our culture. This is not a book telling you what to do. So what then is the importance of gratitude? I believe that gifts plus gratitude, because they go together, are hidden from us in a very strange way because of the way modernity is set up. Um, we have you know, the commodity, which is king, and the contract, and human rights. And, uh, and I'm not knocking any of these. Things. They're great things. They're wonderful. But we forget that there's another whole area, or at least we try not to think about it too much, which we cast off into the shadows into the private, into people say how mysterious it is that the gift-giving culture. Take that away, and then our lives would just simply not be worth living. Just think about it. If everything you did was a matter of rights, which you had to fight for and defend, and nobody ever gave you anything, and you never gave anybody anything, you'd live a miserable life. Yeah, like, uh, and you quote uh, Hobbes. Wonderful writer of English, but he's frightening. He's a mind which is terrifying. He was just a kid when Shakespeare was writing, and he is considered modern, and Shakespeare isn't. Well, yes, but Shakespeare is considered, I think, timeless. Well, he's timeless, yes, as a, in literature, but, but he's the way he thinks. Hobbes is a modern man. You hear a new modern tone from this man. That kind of self-interest theme. Uh, Materialistic. Very materialistic. And then, of course, nowadays, uh, the belief that that we're never free. We never do anything because we're free. We're we're, we're programmed. We're either programmed by our genes or by our society. We just don't have any freedom, which is extremely ironic when you come to think that in in the modern world, choice is everything. Choice is everything, but we're not free. If that's not a contradiction, what is? In those two specific condemnations of modernity, this utilitarianism and the social Darwinism. Yes. 
I'm not. I don't condemn modernity. Don't get me wrong. But I, do, I do condemn the things I disapprove of in it. But I'm not a, an anti-modern at all. But let's put it in in terms of, for example, Enron, the greed that's endemic in the system. Yeah. It's, it's really extraordinary that government must be kept out of business. The market rules. The market will save us. And now, now that we're all going in a spiral downward, what's happening? The government now has to save the market. The government has to give to the market. And when the, market, the government has been told to get out for so many years, yeah. um, you know, the, the truth comes out in the end. The truth being... The truth being that, that we need government. <laughs> yes. The way the government operates is primarily to redistribute wealth. That's what it should be doing. And to regulate. You know, just because you've got a lot, therefore you're allowed to do a lot of damage. You know, it's just yeah. horrible. If we put it into personal terms, you tell your your mother or your brother who's well off or, who, or a friend to piss off, I don't want to do it, have anything to do with you, I'm going to do it my way and on my own, <laughs> and then you get into trouble. And then the brother has to come and help the, you. But <laughs> the government always will, I suppose, because the, the government w- won't have that personal hurt, won't feel the rejection. Business, because of what business is, they're designed to make profit. They're not going to be grateful, like Grand- sharks, they're going to go for whatever they can and they'll make profit or get handouts mm-hmm. in whichever way they will. So there isn't that kind of human... That's right. Well, so much of modern organisation is inhuman. And that's part of what this book is yes. about. Uh, because giving and being grateful are human. It's relationship among human beings, not between commodities, but among human beings. It's pushed into the background because it's easier, really, in a way, because the other side, the sort of commodity side, the contract, the laws, all that can be counted and accounted and written down and explained in a scientific way. The other side is much more complicated Mm. and cannot be sort of put in boxes. Well, it's also unpredictable in the sense that Right. As you say, we've talked about freedom. It's like you can't force someone to love you. <laughs> you can't force someone to be grateful. Right. As, you, as you say in your book, it's a gift of gratitude. Right. When somebody's grateful, they're giving you something. And there's a huge wall of opposition to this. I mean, this is quite a polemical book, because I take that line. Social scientists, for the last hundred years almost, have been saying that there's an enigma taking place here. This is this Marcel Mauss who formulated the question, why give back? Mm. If somebody gives you something, why give back? And he says, people always do. And the reason why they do must be because they're forced to. Well, they're either forced to or they believe that it's in their best self-interest to do so. That's right, exactly. They're getting something out. Give something back, then then you might get another present later on. And that's why you've done it. And that's the only reason. If you say there's anything more than you're just deceiving yourself, you're you're under illusion, you are lying. And there's a huge amount of that. I mean, I've read a vast amount of articles and books. When I started reading about it, I, I was interested in gratitude, but I had to read about gifts largely because nobody's written about gratitude. There's almost nothing about gratitude. In comparison, there's vast floods about the gift. And they all treat it as an enigma, and they will not entertain the possibility of looking at gratitude as part of the answer. 
So um, it, that in itself is fascinating, that they won't look where they might find the answer. I wonder why they're not doing that. Is it, it is difficult to explain someone, for example, doing something that is not in their best interest. But that's what freedom's all about. Right, exactly. And it is true what they say, I mean, it is true, that people's motives are mixed. I'm, I'm quite aware that if I give somebody a present and they're pleased, I have made them think well of me, for example. Even might think well of myself for having done it. Well, you do and feel good. But for people like Derrida, some of these great French scholars, Bourdieu, that proves that there's no such thing as a gift. It's almost never the case that it's pure. But there is a piece of it that is, and it is to the precise extent that a gift is given freely. It is to that extent that a person is grateful. They go together. But, I mean, you can't, you don't know the extent of the purity no, you of the motive you of the person who gave you the gift. Mm. Gra- but gratitude is your gift, so you yeah. have a right to, fe- to give it. And I have a piece in the book about paternalism, you know. If somebody gives something to you, you think you ought to have this, and then they treat you like a child, and mm. give, you know, if you say you're somebody who belongs to a colonial, you know, a colonial power, and you give to the natives, you know, in a very paternalistic way, yeah, it makes you and feel superior. You treat them like a child; they're, they're adults. They've got their own right to make their own decisions. You know. Mm. However, writers about this will say that is an evil thing to do, and the person should never be grateful. But that you can't say. Because a person, the person is capable of saying, although they treated me paternalistically, I'm grateful. The person who, who's a receiver has a right to, to give gratitude if they mm. want to. Mm-hmm. You can't tell them whether to be grateful or not. It's their business. Exactly. Just like you can't force them to love you. Exactly. It, what is amazing, of course, is when you get to the saintly people who are grateful for everything. Now, this is so hard for an ordinary human being to understand. But people can get to that state. It's, it's much higher up and further on. And you must believe in God, otherwise you can't do that. But people who believe in God and really and truly go the distance find that they can be grateful for anything. And that is amazing. Now that, that is very simple in a way. And as this book is really about us, the people much lower down the slope. Yeah, the, the enlightenment the slope. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we are more complicated because we're so mixed. You know, we, we're very unworthy. We have all sorts of unworthy things going on in there. Mm. But that does not mean, what these people say, that there is no gift and that it's, there's only obligation and we're not free and it, it, all that. For some reason, they have a vested interest in there being no freedom. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of a sad picture of human nature. Right. Whereas if you have given something to someone... You can see the gratitude in their eyes. It truly does make you feel good. I mean, that's but that's kind of a sad criticism, as well, of people who who volunteer their time you, you, because they're they're only doing it because it makes them feel better. Yes, in a great classic text for this is, is Saint Paul, who says, you know, you can give your body to be burnt, you can give all your goods to the poor, and if you don't do it out of love, it's worth nothing. So um, should you not do it then? If you don't do it out of love, then don't do it at all? Because well, it's hypocritical? Well, you can try and have a bit of it that's not hypocritical. You know what I mean? You can, you, it, we, we, we're we trying to enlarge it. We have to be humble about this. Yeah. You know? But, you see, the thing is that, um, well, I, I started out on this subject 
by having done something for someone. I didn't do it because I wanted gratitude or I didn't want to do it because I wanted anything back. But that's the right and reason to do it. And they were totally ungrateful. Um, and I was outraged. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I, so you want I to explore that? Uh, I, I was not interested in men. What their, their behavior is natural. <laughs> My behavior, I couldn't understand. I well, no, their, their behavior is not. I, I mean, really. I mean, if someone does something really nice for you and you don't say thank you, yes. then there's something wrong with them as well. Well, I think that that what is really natural, if you like, natural, yeah. is ingratitude. Nothing is more natural than to some, you want something, somebody gives it to you, you grab it and walk off. Yeah. That's natural. Uh, it is less natural, and it's it's a higher level of being, if you like, yeah. to turn back and and remember the person who gave it to you. It's about rem- memory. And one of the reasons why these scientists are very into not having any freedom is because they, they apply the model of evolution, which is how the world became, and survival of the fittest, and they take that survival of the fittest and behave as though that applies to human behavior, which is intolerable and inadmissible. Evolution, which is blind, takes a long, long, eons and eons and eons. We don't have that time level. We are human beings and we have culture and we have beliefs and principles and we're able to make up, decide in advance how we will behave. That's called principles. So uh, you could teach yourself to be grateful, teach yourself to remember. All these things which are not natural, they're not biological and it's made worse by this new thing that scientists have, where they have defined emotions as being totally biological. They're not biological, they don't, they're not emotions. That caused them never to look at gratitude. Mm. Because gratitude is not just a knee-jerk reaction. It involves thinking. And that, for them, disqualifies it from being an emotion because it's not just biological. Do you see the, see the danger you can get into when you, you want to be scientific and you want to be able to have experiments that prove and that, to predict? This is what science is about, prediction. And if you can't predict, then they say it's not interesting. You know, they don't even talk about it. One of the reasons I wrote the book, I find that it needs to be answered and needs to be refused, that road that they're going down. And yeah, you've used the word they quite frequently, yes. and you're basically saying uh, you have scientists in mind, but do you have anyone in particular in mind? Sociologists, you know, it's ec- economists, people like this who, I mean, one of the funny things in this book is I describe the experiments that they try to have to show when they do look at gratitude, which is very rarely. They have these, these experiments, and you cannot cause gratitude in a lab. We're not hardwired. No, we're hardwired. And we're the, not the parents' role is to instill gratitude. That's right. Oh, well, the, the parents have to teach gratitude to their children. It doesn't come naturally. It's yeah. a cultural thing, and yeah. it has to be instilled. And furthermore, there are cultures, and I make a big point of this in the book, there are cultures that do not have the same idea about gratitude as our culture has. Yeah. So it has a history of gratitude. It's, it starts with the Romans. The Greeks don't have it. In the Old yeah. Testament, they have praise and they have memory, which is a huge part of gratitude. But yeah. it's not gratitude. It's something else. It's, and we're talking about the, the relationship between God and man. So God is so far away. that You can't feel grateful. You just praise God. You know? yes. but, but Christianity comes 
after the Romans had invented gratitude, basically, and carries this notion really far because for Christians, God comes down to yeah. our level. And therefore, you can feel grateful to God. And even God can be grateful to you. Well, look what God's <laughs> done, too. God has sacrificed it's his himself. most important Yes. And so we feel grateful. Love. We feel grateful to God. Right. And this is huge. And this is why gratitude really enters our culture and is a hugely important uh, constituent part of our culture. If we took it away, would what would go with it would be the individual... Now, we might hate individualism, but you wouldn't like to live in a society where there wasn't any. <laughs> if you were just you were just a group and you were not each person individual, that would go. Isn't Hobbes's state of nature all about individuals fighting each other for their own uh, you know, a war, a war. It's a war. Yeah, it, it's but, a but, but he, he says he says we shouldn't have that. We should let go of our freedom, give it away to a sovereign, who we, who is then who would then allocate property can, and, and he yeah. can never be criticised because you've given away your right to criticise him. He, and that and it's worth doing that for security reasons. Okay. Individualism begins with the ancient Greeks but it has a huge impetus again from Christianity. I mean, we, each of us have to have salvation. You can't, you're not saved as a group. You're saved as, an, as a person. You have a personal relationship with God and with other people. Individualism is important with gratitude because you feel grateful. It's very important. You feel grateful. And if you don't feel it, yeah. you're not grateful. You, uh, may, you may enact it. You may be polite. Yes. But to be grateful is to feel grateful and only the individual can feel grateful isn't it funny too though that we now say thank you after almost everything it hollows out the word yeah. no I would say thank you is a very it's always the same, it's like a little counter like a, a coin or something you just keep passing it and you don't change it there's no sort of embellishment of it, it's very hard to find a title for this book because it's only thank you. What, yes, are I, what else? Yes. Are, how else am I going to put it? Yes. It's very difficult. And we do that deliberately. Because in our culture, we need this gratitude very much. I haven't, I haven't finished all the other oh, I'm sorry, things yes. that make up the culture, but individualism is one. Okay. And we're very separate. We therefore need gratitude in a way other cultures don't. Cultures that are very, very close, whether it's a small group that knows each other extremely well and where there is no freedom you, you're obliged to give to each other there's no, this freedom thing doesn't exist you oblige, it works very well and yeah. it's very just it's very good yeah. and I'm, not, I'm not knocking it but it's not us us meaning western civilization, western civilization. Yeah. Right. It's not, and, and when you live in a culture where you are individual and free you constantly need to reassure each other it's a sign of respect Right? Yeah. It's a kind of difference to each other. Because I, there's a third thing I haven't met yet mentioned, and that is the need for at least a, a measure of equality. You know, you need equality. If, if your society is totally hierarchical, yeah. then it's all a matter of obligation. And there's no freedom there. Yeah. In our culture, we have this measure of equality, which is, has to be qualified, because what happens is when you, somebody gives something, and this is not natural, we say they are better. It is better to give than to receive, yeah. which is a highly paradoxical statement. 
because we all know that it's nice to receive, right? And it's natural for a powerful person in a hierarchical culture to demand that everybody give to him and he doesn't have to give anything back. This idea that the giver is higher than the receiver is a brilliant device to ensure that the powerful must give. Well, so, and you make a point in, about the Japanese society where hmm? the receiver feels ashamed that they didn't give first. <laughs> well, it's, it's even more than that. If a Japanese person gives something to another, the receiver doesn't say thank you. They say, I'm so sorry. They say, I'm sorry. And they say they're sorry because that person is obliged to give to them. And they're apologizing for their presence, which has made this other person who's so polite and, and, and follows all the rules, this other person has so marvelously followed the rules and given to you. So I'm really very sorry to, to be in front of you because I know that a person like you then has to give to me. Which is amazing. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's tremendously considerate of the other. Speaking for my, myself, I sometimes wish that someone hadn't given me something. I mean, yeah. I like it's nice, but you often say, oh, you shouldn't have. But the first, th the first thing you said was you wish somebody hadn't given it to you. It may well be that you don't want to have that relationship with them. You're supposed you feel obliged. To, you feel obliged to, re to respond. And as I say in the book, it can be much more generous to receive something than to give something. Because it means that you're letting yourself in for a relationship that you didn't really want to have. So if you ex agree, you're in a way giving something just by agreeing. A, a lot of times people don't like it. And, and I, I, I have a story about this woman who said to me, you know, I, I don't have to be grateful. I can buy whatever I want. And that is terrifying because you can recognize modernity in that. And you talk about uh, the social Darwinism and utilitarianism in that mm. very... Yes. Uh, comment That's and, right. and, and I suppose what you're suggesting then is that the more people think that way the more likelihood that our society is just going to crumble absolutely many assumptions in that very brief phrase it takes me about two pages to explain what this woman is saying but one of the most terrifying thing of all is that you don't want anything that can't be bought everything I want I can buy the point is that everyone knows or at least will mouth the so-called truth that you can't buy happiness. Yes, right. What I mean, life will teach this lady that. Yeah. There's such a lack of life experience; it's frightening, you know. But yeah. and, and she's been insulated from life experience through her money, but yeah. it's not going to keep it up. Nobody, nobody gets away with it. nobody. But this isn't a profound message here. This woman saying that. No, the fact mm -hmm. that money can't buy happiness. We yes, know that. Right. We, 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 well. Apparently we know that, but people that you hear people you, and you watch people behaving as though that is not the case. You know that if I could just have all the stuff, I'd yeah. be happy. And, and we yeah. hear this everywhere. Don't everywhere. We? This is how commerce functions. Yeah. It, it, well, it and, and 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 culture now, and, you know, entertainment. We get it from every source you can imagine. Absolutely, it's just a, a cacophony because people are trying to sell you something, yeah. and then they think if you have this, you will be happy. You know, you feel I'm happy buy a pair of shoes. You know, this kind yeah. of thing. And, and then, of course, you've got to have the money to buy the pair of shoes to start with. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you, people forget what's involved. And, and um, well, I mean, we just have to learn to um, to turn down that volume and refuse to listen to it. 
and and understand that the things that you can't buy are probably the most important. Absolutely, we hear this song: "Best things in life are free." You remember the song? Yeah, yeah. But that, that's not that's true. Ingratitude is a subject, yeah. and that makes the great stories. I mean, the the myths, the, the folklore, the you know, drama is all about ingratitude. Yes, and revenge. Uh, you and talk envy. about envy being the opposite of gratitude. A lot of people talk about what's the opposite of gratitude because gratitude covers a lot of things. In Shakespeare's day, ingratitude was considered to be worse than murder, worse than rape, worse than torture, worse than everything. It's just the worst, the worst. And uh, go into why that is the case. Why well, let's do that. that. Let's look at Lear. Yes. And let's look at uh, Cordelia's supposed ingratitude mm, when, right. when in fact we got it's really the flip side is mm. that she was the one that truly did yes, love truth. him. Right. Exactly. Well, one of the things about gratitude, which also is one of the reasons why it's not counted as an emotion and is not studied, is it's about thinking. It's about thinking. And you can and before you're grateful you look it over and you, you judge the situation. Because there are many things you offered for which you are not grateful and you should not be grateful for them. Uh, for example, uh, you know, sort of bribes and, and manipulations of various kinds. So gratitude involves thinking. And uh, Cordelia told the truth. And, he, and Lear should have been grateful to her for that. And he, but he couldn't see it. He, he, couldn't, he, he was not thinking. But then he, then he experienced ingratitude and then he understood but then but then Goneril and uh, Regan Regan they were thinking <laughs> yes, oh yes they thinking they were thinking and that. they lied because because yeah. well or they embellished their true feelings yes well they uh, were thinking but they were not grateful no, you, no, you can think without being grateful for sure you know right. but, you, but, you, but feeling grateful is not enough you've got to think as well and the word thanks comes from the German word denken, which means think. Hmm. And the French recognize it. The French are wonderful. They have a, they're the best about the word thanks because their word for thanks is reconnaissance, which has knowledge in it, connaissance, yeah. and it means recognition. And the highest form of gratitude is recognition of Re the other. Recognition of their... Um higher qualities? Yes, just recognizing that they have given to you, recognizing that they have what they have done, appreciating what they have done. Appreciating and and, and in recognizing, I mean, the, the other sort of sense of the word recognition is some sort of public acknowledgement, is that? It doesn't have to be public, but it could be, it could be, but acknowledging what they've done. Notice acknowledgement has the word knowledge in it as well. Yes. This thinking aspect is essential to gratitude, both feeling and thinking. They're both necessary at the same time. Anyway, it's, this subject has so many aspects to it that uh, this has become a very big book, although I've left out huge amounts, you know. Yeah. But... Um, People could people could read it. Uh, they don't have to read it in order, and they don't have to read it all. Yeah. You know, the part that interests you, the part that, that struck you, would be the part to read in the book. But it's just immense. The subject. Well, this uh, is one of the things that I mean. Again, because we, and I'm speaking with uh, uh, Margaret Visser, and we're talking about her latest book 
called The Gift of Thanks. Um, and we talked earlier about books and literature and, and uh, King Lear, but you also um, talk about the Iliad. Well, it's a whole business about giving back. You know, the, the great question of most was, why do you back? In, in a, the culture of the ancient Greeks, they didn't have gratitude. They didn't have a word. Homer did not have a word for gratitude. But there is a sort of gratitude that operates in the Iliad, I maintain, although there are classicists who would disagree with me. But there's the story about how Thetis goes to, to Zeus and says, look at my son, he's been dishonoured. Force the Greeks to, to honour my son. And Zeus immediately says, okay, and he nods his head. That's a great response of gratitude as you nod your head. And it's outrageous, it's absolutely outrageous, because it means that the Greek army is going to be slaughtered until they come and beg Achilles to join the battle again. It's a horrifying situation. It's a, it's a shame, what I call shame culture behavior, which is totally something which we have tr- tried to get out of, although we fall back into it all the time. But in, in Homer, it's fine, it's perfect, it's ideal to, 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 to have this shame culture. But Zeus agrees, and you wonder why he agrees, you know. And then you realize that he is grateful to Thetis. Although, the, although Homer hasn't got a word for great gratitude, Thetis has agreed to have a mortal husband, because the prophecy was that she was fated to have a son who was greater than his father. And Zeus wanted to marry her, and that means that would have been the end of Zeus, right? because the sun would have taken over. So, so she agrees to marry a mortal man and have a mortal child who will die, who's greater than his father, this mortal man, and who will die. And because she has agreed to do that, Zeus cannot refuse her request, um, because he's so grateful to her. That's the point in the, in the book. He's free not to. He's free not to. But he's so grateful <laughs> that he does it. it. Gratitude is the answer to why give back. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, it's not an enigma. If you understand that a person is grateful. We referred to that earlier, as you do something nice for someone, and you can see how profoundly it's affected them and how much they want to not necessarily give back to you, but just let you know how important you are, yes. that is a wonderful feeling. Right, right. And then you want to give back. But why do you want to give back? That is Morse's question. And this gets to a point I'd like to make about sex. Many people would experience the strongest desire to give back in a sexual relationship. You have received a wonderful physical pleasure from someone else. And there's this urge to do the same for them. It's a very powerful urge, and you'll hear many people say that they get more pleasure giving pleasure than receiving pleasure. Ah. Now, now, I said that the ancient Greeks did not have a word for gratitude, but they do have a word called charis, which contributes to gratitude. That's their contribution. The ancient Greek contribution to our notion of gratitude is charis. And charis means pleasure. And it means mutual pleasure. That idea that if both parties enjoy sex, the sex is better. However, it is a fact that a lot of a lot of sex it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily the case. There's lots of sex that takes place if only one person gets any pleasure. And there's also the 
huge subject, which I did not go into. There's lots of things I didn't go into in the yeah. book. But this idea that a man gives a woman sex and therefore she's got to give all sorts of things like doing the housework back. <laughs> yeah, sex <laughs> for short. But wait a second, it's usually the other way around. The way you think of it is the woman gives you the sex. You have to do your chore. Yeah. No, but on the whole, you know, especially in shame cultures, the woman has got to feel grateful. Think about the, 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 the troubadours, you know. The, the belle dame sans merci means the woman who's not grateful to the man for being in love with her. The idea that this person is ungrateful, and, 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 and the Greeks with their, their homosexual thing, they have the, the young boy who doesn't want to sleep with this old man. <laughs> he's ungrateful. He has no charis. He's no. He's acharitos. He's no. He's not joining in. You know, and he's therefore despised by this man. And no, there's, there's some very nasty things to do with sex and gratitude. But the but the word charis means mutual pleasure, and that word is what is used in the New Testament for grace. That mutual pleasure is God is pleasure has pleasure in you and you have pleasure in God. Well, I mean, it's it is one of the most profound experiences is this sort of mutually satisfying sex, yeah. and it re- makes it better for both, which but is wonderful. You know, it's, this is almost a metaphysical thing. The, the thing is, what I'm suggesting is that the desire to give back in sex mm-hmm. is very powerful. Morse's question. question is... He's not talking about sex. Well, he's talking about gift-giving. And interestingly enough, two things have to happen in gift-giving, which is not the same as sex. One is that when you, somebody's given you a gift and you're going to give something back, you must wait. You mustn't give it back at once. No, I know. You've got to wait for a while. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So that they can keep on being happy. You've got to be happy. All the time that you're not giving something back yet... You are enjoying the gift and enjoying the relationship. And for those people who believe it, I think it's a very strong, a good argument for it, that this whole gift-giving thing is born out of two warring tribes, early days, you know, where they, these two tribes are fighting. And instead of fighting, one of them says, here's a gift, something you need. And then the other waits and sort of thinks about it and then gives a gift back. Instead of fighting, see, gift-giving takes the place of war. And the longer the time between the gifts, the longer the time we're at peace. (laughs) We're not fighting while we're waiting to give the next gift. So it's very interesting, this whole thing about giving something and then waiting, Mm. taking a long time. And that's one thing you have to do. And the other thing is that you've got to give back something different. And again, this is rather different from sex. The gift-giving thing, if you give back the same thing, you've nullified the gift. There's a law of gift-giving. That you give me something, I don't know, a pair of pink shoes or something, I don't know. You give me this book, and then later on I give you this book back. That's not a gift. It's a rejection. Giving something different also recognises the fact that you're different from me, which is very profound. You know, you have your tastes, I have mine. We're, We're related, but we're different. But I think the, the best gifts are ones that have clearly been thought about. Thinking. And they're not the same, but what I, I have my taste, but I also want to give you something that you're going to enjoy. And you show that you know what I want. Yeah. In other words, it's a, it's a reflection of how much we have in common, how much we know each other. How and much how much I've been thinking about you. Exactly. You, yeah. it, it's work. 
yeah. work is involved. Yeah. It's not just sort of sort of trivial passing objects to one another. It's, it's incredible how complex it is. And I, one of the things I wanted people to realise is how complex their behaviour already is, and understand the depths and the connotations and the ramifications of these simple actions. Apparently simple, they're not. And winding down, I know it's not a, help, a self-help book, but these, these observations have been made. I'm not sure if it was in the Globe. See, there is a whole new movement in psychoanalysis and psychology. It's called the happiness movement. Yes, because they realized that they, they were losing business, you know, and then what are we going to do? We want more poor clients. Sorry to interrupt, but they were losing business to the scientists that you've been deriding <laughs> at the beginning of the conversation who have made great strides yes. in prescribing chemicals. Well, that's that, right, that drugs instead. Which, Don't worry which about your childhood. Effective. Here, take this yes. pill. They were really getting desperate and somebody had the brilliant idea of let's be happy you want to be happy come to us we'll show you how to be happy and yeah. brilliant move who doesn't want to be happy they thought how can we help people to be happy and interestingly enough one of the very first things you do yeah. is that you go to them and they say now be grateful yeah or volunteer <laughs> volunteer, volunteer take your mind off yourself, yourself. yes exactly they, they make these statements. I mean, this is ancient wisdom. Somehow, sort of taken it and made as though this is a new discovery and you can only get it from us if you pay me and I'll tell you. And one of the first things they do is say, find a person who you're grateful to and then write down all the things that you're grateful for and then laminate the sheet because a gift should last. Well, this is exactly (laughs) what was in the review, though, and it made it look like it was coming from you. Well, exactly. And I was And you were basically poking fun at that? I wasn't poking fun at it. I don't think it's silly. But I was sort of slightly sarcastically showing you, I mean, all these things we've been talking about in this book, which are ancient ideas, and suddenly it's become unbelievably modern and a whole new discovery, you know. And I mentioned this, and then they took that passage out of the whole book, (laughs) because they so much want a self help book. <laughs> and I, I don't think that people need to be told what to do. I think they need to be, perhaps they do need to be told what to do in cases. I'm not denying that. Yeah. But I think that we should try and uh, step back and understand that situations are so complex. I mean, even a, psycho- even a psychologist can't tell you everything that oh, is happening in your life. And you are in the best situation to know that. Yeah. And you're best able to understand how to be grateful if you understand what is going on and, and the value of it and where it comes from and the deep roots it has and and then it's up to you to make your own decisions um, I'm not there to tell people what to do I'm just trying to make put it into context think, put it into context make people think about it and then it's up to them to apply it I just want to close with a personal story I had this desire to and I'm not particularly religious but I had a desire to thank God mm. or someone, something, mm. but not a, not a specific individual, mm-hmm. for my health. I had some difficulty with my health and it returned. And I had a strong desire to express some gratitude. Mm. And so I'd, I'd read parts of the Bible. It just really wasn't, this desire wasn't fulfilled. Anyway, I went to this little chapel went in the door, and an older woman came up to me. I was one of the first in the chapel. She came up to me, and 
asked if I would please read this psalm during the service. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Oh, she wanted you to be a reader. Uh, yeah. oh, I, I looked at it, and I, as I recall, it was Psalm 139. All, all I remember, and I should memorize it, but it verbalized exactly how I felt. Right. Better than anything I could have come up with myself. Yes, yes. Well, that's what those going to church is about. Yeah. It's, it does it better than you could do it. So here, mm. uh, I was given, first of all, I was given the words to express my thanks in front of a group of people, of other people, and in the house of yes. the, the Lord. Well, it's all concentrated in this place. I, I was flabbergasted. Mm. She didn't have to give this to me. She didn't have to come up to me with this. But this is what happened. Well, what, what did you feel after this that you needed to give something? Did you? Well, I felt that I had been given. This was a gift to enable me yes. to express yes. my gratitude. And yes. but it was a powerful urge that I had to express the gratitude. And yes. here you were given the way to do it. Exactly. That's right. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And another thing that people do when they feel grateful in the way you felt is that they feel they want to give to somebody else. You know, AA, the last step of AA is, you know, I've, I've been able to get out of this terrible hole I was in. I must help somebody else. Yeah. And, and when it's, it's not must in the sense of obligation, no. but you want to help someone else. And it's interesting it's to consider what's going on. And what happens there is the great human need to imitate Imitation is a very dangerous thing, but it's very human. You learn by imitating, and you fight by imitating. Imitation is basic to human beings, but it can become a very great thing. And one of the things that you do, when one of the reasons why you give back, I say, is that you want to imitate the giver. Mm. Right? And if you feel that you have been given wonderful things, like your health back, you want to imitate the giver who gives things to people, and you want to give things to people. So there is the, the, the natural uh, outcome from, of being grateful is wanting to do that. What, what you got, you want to give to somebody else. And that is, that is basic to religion, really. Yeah. Um, you, you, you love God gives to you and you give to others, in imitation of God. So the imitation, which is such a really terrifying thing in human beings, it really can be awful, yeah. But you can take that and make it a good thing. And that's that is the answer, I think, to Morse's question. But he can't he can't see it because he's not allowed to look in that direction. He hasn't allowed himself to. Yes, I mean his discipline doesn't let him. Yes. He can't look over the wall. <laughs> and so ultimately your the objective of this book then seems to me would be to <laughs> encourage world peace. Yes, well, I think so. I mean, I, I, well, I think that we should appreciate this whole dimension and not let the people who are on the other side, you know, as it were, who've got all the seem to have all the cards, you know, and don't let them get away with it, you know, because that what they have is very powerful, and they want to, they don't want to knock it, you know. Yeah. But it, I think we should bring this up into the light too, and and give it its place and, and its due, because that's really what's important. And if we don't have it. The whole piece, the whole thing, can fall to pieces, and um, and we should we should be grateful for gratitude. <laughs> there we are. Very good. Well, thank you very much for uh, enlightening us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've been speaking with uh, Margaret Visser, and her latest 
book is entitled The Gift of Thanks, published by HarperCollins? That's right. In Canada? In Canada. What yes. about uh, elsewhere? Well, that, that it's coming out in the States, but after the elections. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> they said it's no good publishing anything right now. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they're right. Yeah, okay. And how about in England? Uh, I don't know about England. Not sure yet. It's, okay. it's only just come out. It yes. came out the day before yesterday. Very good. Okay. Yes. Well, thanks again. Okay, thank you.